Welcome to Free Life Chapel, where we help you discover and live the free life in Christ. My name is Genesis, and I'm so happy that you decided to tune in with us today. Go ahead and connect with us by dropping a comment or visiting our website at freelifechapel.org. We have an amazing experience in store for you, so go ahead and check this out. a series we kicked it off last week called shh how many of you ever told your kids to shh how many of you told your husbands to shh yeah any educators in the place i ain't got to ask you that that's one of the first things they teach you to get your degree you got to get this shh that's it's a sharp one there's there's shh can be nice and then shh it kind of, how many of you know that, get, that? That's a different shush altogether, right there, right? That's got edges on it, right? That, that will cut you. We're talking in this series about silencing the voices inside our life, the monster voices, if you would, those, those voices that come to haunt us, those voices that come to distract and even derail our life. Uh, voices in your head will tell you to do some crazy things. Oh, just keep looking at me like you got it all together. If I put all of your thoughts for the past 24 hours on this screen and we all watched your thoughts, and yet we would be hitting, that's what I thought, amen, let's get back to church here. Some voices, some voices, I would, we talk back at the church, some voices tell us to do crazy stuff. How I many you know you can't do everything you think? No, please don't do that. In fact, don't believe every thought you think. Some voices encourage us towards bad choices. Some, some voices act, encourage us in, in right choices. It's good to know. According to what some studies say, we think fifty to 60,000 thoughts a day. Fifty to 60,000 thoughts. And according to this same study, 80% of those thoughts are negative that you think about yourself. That we so internalize and are so hard and we find ourselves wrestling with so much and these thoughts, ultimately, for the believer, for the Christ follower, it comes down to, is that God or is it me? His plan or my plan? His way or my way? Because how many you know there's no neutral ground? It's either forward or backwards. It's up or down. It's, it's right or wrong. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7, kind of lays out the reality that the only real problem you have in life, the only problem you have, is your next thought. What will you do with your next thought? Because we respond to them. Galatians 5, 7 says this, you were doing so well, who made you stop obeying the truth? How did he persuade you? How many know we know better than we live? Would everyone please raise your hand? Don't look at me so sanctified like you've got it all together. No, you did not just take communion with a halo on your head. You've all got issues. I've got issues. We all do. We, we, we know better than what we live. The challenge is we know some things, but there's still opposing voices that step in to push back on what we know. And we find ourselves wrestling with, do I do what I know or do I do what I want, what feels a certain way? And we're caught in that, in that battle because there's a real enemy coming after you. That's what Paul is speaking about in Galatians here. How did he persuade you? The thoughts that are coming at us are there to derail and to destroy, to undermine the promises and the plan that God has for our life, the, the higher life. Have you know there is no, there, there, there's no like, no, no traffic jam on the high road. 
like on the high road to life, like choosing right. It's wide open. It's, it's a, it's, it could be a three-lane highway. You're gonna have, it could be a single-lane highway. You're going to have plenty of time all day because it's hard. When we make the right choices, that's good. But God's promises get choked out in our life when we keep choosing outside of and we let these voices of distraction step in and pull us left and right. That's why 2 Corinthians 10 begins to give us a picture as to what, how do we handle this? How do we battle this idea and these thoughts that come to our head? Here's, here's what the writer did. He said this, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Look at this. Here it is. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Here, here's, here's, what, here's what the writer's saying. Let me just boil it down and put it in 2021 vernacular. Here's what he's saying. That you're, there's some thoughts coming to your head that are opposite of what God's plan is for your life. And I need you when those thoughts come in to identify it, take it captive, say, no, I don't live my life that way. I live to serve him. You need to stop the thought. Don't act on it and make it, bring it under the opinion of God. So when I have an opinion and or I have a thought and I feel like doing a certain thing, stop, stop, stop. Don't drop and roll. Just stop. <laughs> Grab that thought. What's God's opinion about this? How, what, 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 how, how does, what does God say about handling this situation in the marriage or, or in my money or this coworker? What, what, what does he say about this? And when I do that, I'm bringing that thought under the subjection of the knowledge of God. There will be thoughts that you will have that will oppose what God knows about your life and what God says about your life. And that's where the conflict is in. And God's word says we got to take it captive, bring it under. What does his word say? And after we discover God's opinion, if it doesn't line up, we always go God's way instead of just how we feel. We talked about these voices that have come to derail us. And last week we talked about the voice of criticism, the voice of compromise, and the voice of fear. These monsters that come to talk to us. And, and when they come in, we have to go, shh. Because whoever talks in the horror movie is the one who gets found out. And so don't talk when the monsters are in the room. Just, just hold your peace and keep moving. Today I want to, I want to move on with these monster voices in our life the next one I want to talk to you about is the monster of the past the monster of the past who comes talking anybody ever had a past again please raise your hand everybody in the room do not act like you've had it all together all your life we know you in fact just go ahead and just turn to someone and tell them you ain't all that just go ahead and just tell them I, I love you but you ain't all that don't, 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 even, don't even try it don't even try it Tell him, your, your issues are almost as bad as the pastor's. So just go ahead and just tell you, you, you almost as, as jacked up as he is, right? The monster of the past. We talked last week about the monster of fear. The monster of fear comes to stop your advance, while the monster of the past screams to keep you looking backwards. Can't outrun the reputation. Life put a label on you that you can't peel off. And I'm trying to outlive it. I'm trying to run past it. But every now and then, every now and then, you could be doing great for five months and then someone says something. And it triggers that thing on the inside of you. 
and you find yourself living right back in the middle of all that mess instead of stepping up and keeping the momentum because the past is coming to keep you looking backwards, keep you in shame, keep you in guilt, keep you in regret, keep you locked into hurt, to, to, to hold your mindset hostage and, and, and I'm not letting you go. You can do all the church you want. You can quote all the scripts you want as long as you don't really believe it. As long as you stay focused on where you've been and you did this and your reputation and you said that and they know this and there's a record of this and I saw stuff on Facebook and we can Google you and all that stuff. It's amazing how it begins to speak to us. These memories are alive and it makes our emotions erratic and we're all over the place and it's amazing how the least little thing can trigger us. And seems to derail us so quickly. Here's what I've learned. Either your regrets or God's dreams are going to decide your future. It's either going to be regrets or dreams. Which one do we choose? Because if I keep living by my regrets, I will never escape a past. And I will live in it perpetually. I'll never have a new year. It'll just be another of the same year. If I'm going to step forward, if I'm going to go from 21 to 22, I've got to change my mind so the calendar actually means something. And so I can advance my world. And so I don't want to live by regrets. I want to live by God's dreams and God's declaration for my life. This is why the word targets the voice of the past to equip you to handle when that voice talks back to you. You have something to say back. That's why 2 Corinthians 5 tells us that anybody who has given their life to Christ is a brand new creature. Tell them, I always knew, tell somebody, I always knew you were a creature. I always knew you were a creature. That's the Bible says, you're a brand new creature. Old things are passed away, all things are new. Look, look at this, all things, all things, all things are new. You are new. You're not who you used to be. When you said yes to Jesus, it changed immediately. In that very moment, in that very second, everything was rescripted. Now look, people and culture and life wants to remind you, but I'm telling you the one who it matters the most to, heaven, heaven has a brand new perspective of your life and you're not the same man, you're not the same woman you used to be. I know that they said that, but Jesus sees you in a whole new light. Uh, you, in fact, let me just kind of put it this way. If you keep seeing the old you, then it's time to change mirrors. You need to look into something fresh in your life because God doesn't see see you the way you see you. Let's up our game. That's a, in fact, I just want to read this, and this is going to be a long passage, so just bear with me, and I'm going to go quick. But I want you to understand how God sees you. Because if we're not careful, we'll keep living down to our opinion, living down to this voice of the past, and never really embrace it. I, I want to help to do what I can to dent or maybe even fracture, cause a crack in that opinion of the world that's coming in, that thought that's coming in to try to haunt you and hold you hostage. Let me remind you of how God sees you and how completely opposite your life is now that you've said yes to Jesus than it used to be. Isaiah writes it this way in Isaiah 6. The Spirit of God, the Master, is on me because God anointed me. He sent me to preach good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to announce freedom to all captives, pardon of all prisoners. God sent me to announce the year of His grace. Not a year of condemnation. There's grace on your life. A celebration of God's destruction of our enemies and to comfort those who mourn, to care for the needs of all who mourn in Zion, to give 
give them bouquets of roses instead of ashes, messages of joy instead of news of doom, a praising heart instead of a languid spirit, renaming them oaks of righteousness, not freaky Freddy, planted by God to display his glory. They'll rebuild the old ruins, raise a new city out of the wreckage. This is talking about you. They'll start over on the ruined cities, take the rubble left behind and make it new because you got double dose of trouble and more than your share of contempt. Your inheritance in the land will be double and your joy will go on forever. Tell somebody, double for your trouble, double for your trouble, double for your trouble, but he's not done. I will sing for joy in God, explode in praise from deep in my soul. He dressed me up in a suit of salvation. He outfitted me in a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom who puts on a tuxedo and a bride, a jeweled tiara. For as the earth bursts with springing wildflowers and as a garden cascades with blossoms, so the master God brings righteousness into full bloom and puts praise on display before the nations. In other words, God has rescripted your life and he's raising you up and he's presenting you to the culture, to your family, to your people around you that I used to be that, but look what the Lord has done. Hey, all of a sudden he changes everything. That's why you've got nothing but a reason to praise in your life and thank God for his goodness. He'll pick you up, turn you around, and set your feet on solid ground. Yes, he will. He'll get you stepping. You ain't going backwards. I'm, I'm living my life just the way. I'm. Excuse me. I'm dripping with a little bit of favor. I got some finesse on me. Yes, I am. Because God does it like that. He don't leave you dull. He's putting the shine back on your life. And he's giving a brand new start for your world. Change your mind about who you are. Somebody shout, change it. Change your mind. Your life is dripping in Jesus is what I'm trying to tell you. So when the voice of your past roars, shut it down with the word of God and speak God's opinion over your life back to that situation. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you to talk to yourself. And then if you need to, yell at yourself. And then if you need to, repeat yourself to yourself. Because sometimes you're hard of hearing when you're talking to yourself. you got to speak to yourself. Number five, got to keep going. you got to say shh to the monster of opportunity. Mm-hmm. This is so good because I've lived this. This is so real. So there's, there's this cat named Nehemiah in the Bible. And Nehemiah was one of God's guys. Uh, and, and the walls of Jerusalem, which was to be the capital of Israel, you know this, the walls were busted up because Israel had been attacked. And God told Nehemiah, I want you to go back and rebuild the walls. Fill in the holes, re restructure the place. So Nehemiah goes back and he starts this work 
like, like it, it had been worked on before, but enemies kept coming in and tearing down the progress, and it stayed in, in, in rubble. Nehemiah goes in, and he just starts kicking tail, and he's just turning this whole thing around. And, and the Bible says that he's almost finished. He's, he's right at the edge of finishing this whole project, which was absolutely supernatural. And two dudes show up acting like they were his friends. You ever had someone act like they were your friends and you found out later, oh, okay, well, well y'all know and understand Nehemiah then, don't you? And, and so, I, 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 no, uh, so, so they, they come up to me and say, oh, uh, Nehemiah, we want you to come down to a place, it's a, it's a little city called Ono. Believe it or not, O-N-O is the name of the place. They want you to come down to Ono, and we want to hang out. And we, they, they were, as if they were going to honor him for all the work he had done, celebrate everything he had done to rebuild Jerusalem and, and all of this. And, and so they're inviting him down. And, but Nehemiah was wise and sharp, and he realized it sounds like an opportunity to go be celebrated and promoted and get my name on IG and get some more followers. It looks like a great opportunity for all that, but I know their real strategy is to get me out of Jerusalem, outside of my boys, and they're going to try to kill me. They're going to take me out. So Nehemiah said, oh no, to the meeting, and oh no. You understand. He said, he, he backed out of what sounded like an opportunity, but he realized that just because I can doesn't mean I should. You, you, you got to measure this thing. You, you see, there's some opportunities can be distractions to God's plan and purpose for your life. You know what a distraction is, right? Break it down. A dis and then traction. And that, that means you're slipping. Uh, that, means, that means you're going nowhere. The wheels are spinning, but I'm going backwards or I'm going sideways. That's what a distraction is. I, but before we started Free Life Chapel, literally one year before starting Free Life Chapel, Cindy and I got a phone call from a church in Tallahassee. They were searching for a pastor. They came out, they said, we're, we're, we're searching for a pastor, here's our congregation, we seat 2,500, and they, they went on from there. We've been watching videos online, da 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 da, da. we want to ask you all to consider being a part, would you come to Tallahassee and take over this, we have this campus, this is paid off, this is what salary, they, they had the whole thing, you understand, it's a package. It was what, honey? It was a very nice package, That's she, she's smiling really big right now. And, 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 and they came down, and they, they called, and they called, and I said, you know what, thanks, but, but no, no, just, and, and I just kind of politely kind of shut that down, and then I told Cindy uh, as to, to, you know, how that, and can I tell you, a week and a half later, three men had set an appointment, I didn't know, they walked in my office, they were from the church in Tallahassee, and they said, we are here from the committee, we are there representing the church, all the, we are telling, we want you to come and take over this ministry in Tallahassee, we want to see it go and grow, we want to reach the campus, they were going on and going on about everything, and I'm looking at this, and everything's screaming in my head is, this sounds good, what a way out, are you, are you, Lake Vegas or Tallahassee, Lake Vegas or Tallahassee, and so I'm just kind of playing that whole thing around, and I, this time, I curled my toes up in my shoes, and I said, no, we're called the Lakeland. <laughs> you ever said something that did not taste good when you said it? Like, oh, what? Here's, here's what I'm telling you. Every opportunity that comes your way is not from God. 
every good opportunity that comes your way. These were precious people, and they were making solid decisions. And, and, I, and I, I was extremely honored that they would come down and even talk to us. But you see, you've got to know where you're going in life. You've got to know your de- If you don't know your destination, then, then every exit on the highway is sexy. You've got to know where you're going so you're willing to pass some things up to get where you're supposed to be. Because I promise you, there's a lot of places for you to get off here and get off there. Three-year delay there, seven-month delay there, bankruptcy over there. You ain't got time for that kind of stuff. Ain't nobody got time for that. You got to make sure that you keep your focus in life and make sure you're going somewhere intentionally. That's why Proverbs 29 speaks loud in this verse. It says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Basically, here's what the word is saying. Until you get an understanding, a mindset, a picture, a focus, a promise alive inside of you, you have no revelation. And if I don't have a revelation, then I can go anywhere. But the moment I get a picture as to what God has planned for my life, then because I said yes to him, I can say no to them. And I can say no to that. And I can say no to that because I'm focused on that. That looks good. And that sounds great. But his plan is a whole lot better in my life. And I don't know what's going to happen there. But I know that it's got to be increasingly good for me. you got to know where you're going or every place begins to pull on you to shut you down. But you can say no to other things because you first said yes to his way. In fact, if you'll hurry up and say yes to his way, then no is the only answer you have for other things that want to derail your world. See, let, let, me, let, me, let me put it this way. Any opportunity... Any relationship, any promotion that puts distance between my relationship with Jesus and his will is a monster in my life. If they're not pushing you to Jesus, they're taking you from Jesus. And we've got to be so careful. Let me just go ahead and tread on some holy ground. Oh, no, we're going there today. I'm going to tiptoe and I'm going to get off the ice really fast because it can be thin. I love the opportunities that are out there for our kids today. I love the sporting venues and travel here and travel. I love all of that. I think it's amazing. Take advantage of everything you can. But ladies and gentlemen, if we sign our kids up to programs that take them out of church for 45 Sundays a year, and then they show up at 18 and they can't stand God. They, don't stand, they can't stand church. They don't want to hear anything about his truth, his hope, his life. And then we bring them to the church wanting them to be fixed. And we can't figure out what went wrong. It's because we showed them that God's word, God's house is not priority in our life. I'm all about programs. Let us keep it going. Enjoy all that. But there is a place. There's a boundary. How do you say no to that? Because I said yes to his plan. He told me that do not do not forsake the gathering in the house. Come into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. And if we allow God's presence to become optional, then it will be. Thank you. Let me get it off the ice. Let's keep on going here. Just, just, I'm not even going to charge for that. We're just going to kind of leave it right there. You see, God's plan is never going to rob or limit your life. So don't think you're missing out. Psalm 58 says, uh, then at last everyone will say there truly is a reward for those who live for God. Proverbs 10, the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. 
God's a blesser. God's a giver. He's not a taker. He's not building a lid on your life. He's just redirecting you so you don't hit some, de- some, some exits in your world and keeps you moving. Let's keep going. This is the final, the final voice, the final monster I want to hit on here. And that would be the monster of lack. Lack has a voice. Lack has a voice. One, one of the most celebrated weapons that hell has, I, I'm, I'm convinced of this, one of the most celebrated weapons that hell has is used to convince God's people that he wants them poor, stuck, broke, empty, just getting by. There was a, there was a mindset back in the day that the more money you had, the more evil you were. And we glorified poverty. Praise the Lord, I'm broke, busted, and disgusted, but Jesus is my Savior. I ain't, I ain't quite getting that. Jesus did not die for you to live a mediocre life. Oh, no. If that's the Jesus you said yes to, would you trade him in for the real Jesus? Because it's time to upgrade and rescript this mindset. Because it, it doesn't, you, you don't take anything from God in order to live the abundant life. Yeah, yeah, let, let, let me, you see, in fact, the word mediocrity by itself, oh my God. The word literally comes, the etymology of the word means halfway up the mountain. It means I'm, I'm not where I used to be, but I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm stuck. I'm hanging out looking at the party, and I'm looking at the hell, and I'm just here. It is frustrating to be almost there. It's almost your time to eat. It's almost your time. I hate almost. Almost drives me nuts. God doesn't want you living in almost. Always talking about what may happen, what might happen. I'm tired of the God who's gonna. I'm ready for the God who is and the God who is doing and the God who is here and active right now. That's the one that we're supposed to be living in. How many of you want more life? You, you want more in life. How many of you want more finances? Go ahead and just leave your hand up. I want a better marriage. Want a better marriage. Want a, I want a sharper mind. Sharp, sharper mind. I want promotion. I want advance in my life. You, this is a good place to say amen, wiggle a toe. How many you want better health in your life? You want that? To get, yes, you can have more. Jesus died to give you more. He did not die to hold you back. He died to set you up. You don't have to wait for heaven when you die. You can have some heaven right here where you're standing and and be an example of what it means when you look at me. This is what a child of God looks like. This is what heaven looks like. This is how he'll take care of those who said yes to him and no to them. This is how you live. That's not pride. That's not too much. You're going, well, I don't know if I would say that. Okay, well, then you live stuck on the side of the mountain. But I know that Jesus, the Bible tells me this in John chapter 10. It says this, that Jesus died, not that we would just have life, but life more abundant. He came to open up the curtains. He came to open up the windows, get the doors open, rip the wall out, take the ceiling off, live in all of that. That's why I died. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to change our mind and change our heart about that. This monster is coming to steal your mindset of increase and advance and more. But Jesus died to give us all that. That's why the Bible says Jesus talked in the parables about a master who was going away and he left talents to three of us of the guys working with him. And when he came back, two of the guys had doubled what they had. One had just reserved and gave back to him the same. Didn't lose it, just returned back to him. And Jesus said that the master said, you are evil because you didn't multiply. In other words, God's idea of faithfulness is not that I stay the same. God's idea of faithfulness is that I'm multiplying and advancing and growing and become more and more. That's what his will is for my life. That's why Ephesians 3.20, now who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think according to his power that works in us ladies and gentlemen that's not poverty can i remind you that deuteronomy 8 says that god is the one who gave you the power to get wealth in your life deuteronomy 28 says he'll make you the head and not the tail you will lend and not borrow even in polk county this is god's word genesis 8 says there's seed time and there's also harvest. Hebrews 11:6 that says that God is a rewarder. If you're not going to believe that God wants you to advance and accelerate in life, you got to rip a lot of Bible out of your Bible because that's who he is. He's a God of increase, a God of blessing, a God of more than enough. He's El Shaddai, not El Chipo. You understand. He wants to supply your life. He wants to empower. He wants to bless you on the job. I'm glad you got the job. Work your way up the ladder. Then get in your mind. We're going to own this company one day. Let's go there. You're renting the house right now? Great. Rent the house. Enjoy that. But start finding ways to buy the house. And that's how number one and then we'll find another one we're going to buy you can escalate it's time to shatter the ceiling of where your family has been and re-script this thing that's why you're on the scene you're dripping in favor you're dripping in opportunity you're dripping in glory walk it out don't let a voice get in your head and says oh you shouldn't think that no you should think that that's who your God is and he made you to handle all of this that's why he's preparing you for eternity enjoy it here so you can walk in it there where the gold right now to make sure you're not allergic to it because one day you're going to be walking on the stuff when you get to heaven. That's what his word says. Just stand to your feet. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Come on. Don't let the stupid voices in your head. You're made for more. Tell three folks I'm made for more. I'm made for more. I'm made for more. Yes, you are. So this voice comes to get you to doubt God's word over your life. God's word comes. This, this voice of lack comes to steal your hope so that you'll forfeit your spiritual inheritance. Jesus died for you to have this, live this, and pass it on to your kids. Some of y'all were raised, you kept hearing, oh, we can't afford that. It was a quarter to put in the machine to get a little gumball. Oh, I can't afford that. I know what it is to be tight financially. I get it. Sin and I've been there a few times. 
But we changed our words. We refused to curse our future. And so my son walked up and said, hey, daddy, I want a motorcycle. <laughs> Your daddy does too, but, but yeah. My... <laughs> so we said, we can't afford it right now. We're setting some new things up. We're making plans for some other things. We'll look at that later. But it was never a lid on our life. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not a victim. I'm not living stuck to hell's lie in my head. I'm living up to the promise that God made in my heart that I can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengthens me. It's time to elevate your mind and expect more. It's time to pray bigger prayers than where you're living right now. It's time to actually give God a job in your life and pray for something outside of your reach and actually exercise some faith and just start believing God that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or think. I, I dare you to, in fact, I dare you to take 15 seconds and give him praise like you believe his word is true over your life, that you can have what he said you can have. You can do what he said you can do that's five seconds that's five i'm just wondering that's seven anybody got a 10 second 10 second, 12, 12 here we go 10, 11 12 13 14 15 yes you can have that that's who your god is i pray above all things that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers god doesn't just want you right spiritually he wants you right emotionally, relationally, financially, every area. God's an upgrade in every area of life, not just one lane in life. It's time to deal with the voices. Push back. Shh. I know who I am in Jesus. Don't bring that mess up in here. I slap it out of your mouth right now. It's time to push back. It's time to talk back. You know how you battle wrong thoughts? With right words. Stop trying to think a thought. Th don't, don't think your rebuke. Talk your rebuke. When the wrong thought comes in, I, in the name of, I don't think so in the name of Jesus. Devil, get out of my head. No, talk back to the thing. I'm the head and not the tail. Mm, how you like me now? You talk back to it. Blessings on the way. Prosperity is coming. It's, it's on the way. God's heavens are opening over my life. Favors. I'm working my tail off. I'm working my tail off. But promotion is coming. I'm working like I own the place right now because the day is coming. I will. Ladies and gentlemen, change your mind. Change your mind. Change your mind. The moment you change your mind, hell knows you're going to be a greater problem than hell ever saw coming. That's why the lids are on our life. Don't let these monster voices become sold out that they derail your life. I want you to bow your heads in the room today. I kicked off last week and this week talking about these voices. Many of you had had these voices talking in your head. Me too. One, two, five, all of them, whatever that is. We could add to these voices. But there's another voice going on in some of your heads. It says you can achieve this without Jesus. I don't want him. Don't need him now. I'll get him later. Jesus can't save me. That's for everyone else except for me. I, I, I've got too many issues. 
I, I don't know what other voices, other monsters are speaking in your head trying to derail your acceptance of this free gift. His name is Jesus who wants to completely clean your heart, clean your mind, give you a brand new start and release all these promises to you. But I'm telling you today, it's time to say yes to him. I'm here to push back on that voice. That voice is talking to your head. I'm here to say, shh. And I'm here to elevate the right voice, the one that says, I love you, I died for you, and I got a crazy, amazing plan for your life. All you need to do is say yes to me, my plan, my will, my way, and we'll turn this thing out. If you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you're watching online, I want you to get ready to accept him right there online as well. If you're in this room today, floor, balcony, wherever you are, and you say, Scott, I need to get my life right with Jesus today. I don't just want to claim big promises and I have no access to it because Jesus is the door that brings all of this to me. So if you're here to say, I need to get my life right with Jesus, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand in the air. Are you ready? It's going to be the greatest decision you ever made. Don't hesitate. Don't let a voice talk you out of it. I want you to move and respond based on what you know in your spirit. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. Where are you? Where are you? Hold that hand up. Hold it. Just hold it up. Hold it up. Oh, my goodness, yes. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four. Oh, that's what this is about. Thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty-seven. I give you five more seconds. Don't miss this. Thirty-eight. Mm -hmm. 39 40 let's all pray this prayer Jesus come into my life take all of me all of me I give it to you on my past my present it's yours now heal me forgive me rewrite my life I say yes to your plan I say yes to your way. Forgive me. Change me. Rework me. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on. Can you celebrate 40 people saying yes today to Jesus? Oh, it matters. Yes. Now I want to pray over your Father in this room, those watching online, as we've talked about these voices, I call us silencing to the voices. We smack in the mouth all of these distracting voices that have come to limit and to lie to us and to negate your word, your promises. We were made to live higher. We were made to live stronger. We were never made to live stuck on the side of a mountain, but you called us to the top, and we're rebuilding, and we're going forward, and we're going to live this life that you said we can have. So we're taking every thought captive, and we're bringing it under the subjection of your opinion, your word, your promise in our life. Your word is life. Your way is truth. You're moving us forward. We're coming out of a past. Everything is brand new in our life today, and we have a reason to celebrate the next season and where you're taking us. Thank you, Jesus, for not just forgiving us, but for rewriting our life and giving us a fresh view, a fresh start, and open heaven over our life. Bless every man, woman, 
family in this room. I thank you that they're going to rescript their generation. They're going to rewrite their family lineage. They're taking a step higher. We're moving on up in this thing. We're moving and we're advancing our thoughts. We're going to start talking higher, praying bigger, reaching for more, operating in faith, trusting you just because you said it. And we will live this life and become a trophy that you can point people to and say, look what I can do with a man, a woman, a family who will just trust me. I decree that over this house today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, somebody put your hands together in this room.